Hello, friends. Welcome to another night here at the Thompsonville Seventh-day Adventist Church as we continue in part two of our series, Get Connected to the Vine. If you joined us last night, I know you were blessed by the message from our elder, Eric Wiesner, about meekness. And tonight is about the patience of the saints. As you know, the focus is patience. And our presenter is, I'll share with you in a moment, his name is Brian Dickens, but I'll give you more about him in just a moment. But we thank you for taking the time to tune in. I encourage you to invite others to join us in the stream. We have uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night, Friday night, and we'll wind up on Sabbath morning on the series entitled Get Connected to the Vine. But before we go any further, I want to invite the Lord's presence as we pray with you. And then we're going to sing our theme song for the week, Live Out Thy Life Within Me. Let's bow our heads. Gracious Lord, we thank you. The privilege is always ours, but the responsibility is great. I pray that tonight you'll bless our eyes and ears, that we will hear, that our hearts will be spoken to, that we will have conviction of spirit, and that you will teach us, as you have last night, that you will teach us again how to reflect and reveal your spirit and the fruit in our lives. We pray for your manservant this evening, for all those who will participate in the program. And truly, when it is done, may we sense that you are living out your life within us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, would you stand with me as we sing our theme song, Live Out Thy Life Within Me? We're going to sing all four stanzas. And uh... Live out thy life within me, O Jesus, King of kings. Be thou thyself the answer to all my questionings. Live out thy life within me, in all things have thy way. I, the transparent medium, thy glory to display. The temple has been yielded and purified of sin. Let thy Shekinah glory now shine forth from within. And all the earth keep silence, the body henceforth be. Thy silent, gentle servant Moved only as by thee Its members every moment Held subject to thy call Ready to have thee use thee Or not be used at all Held without rest longing or strain or stress or fret or chafings at thy dealings or thoughts of vain regret last answer but restful calm and pliant from bend and bias free awaiting thy decision when thou hast need of me 
seated. That song is more than a theme song. It's what, we are been, what we've been praying for every night. As we learn more about the fruit of the Spirit, we're asking the Lord to live out his life within us. And that cannot be done unless we are connected to the vine. As Jesus said, without me, you can do how much? You can do nothing. But with Christ, all things are possible. Tonight, we're going to have uh, another scripture song, You know, we've been learning these scripture songs. Uh, Ricky Carter, who's been orchestrating this part of our program, is known on YouTube for putting scripture songs together. And um, I'm going to invite him now to come and share with us the scripture song for this evening. Tell us a little bit about it and uh, what we could learn. Tonight's scripture song is (laughs) Philippians Chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, talking about not being anxious, like I'm nervous, (laughs) but we can trust in the Lord. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving let your request be made known to god and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through christ jesus philippians Chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. All right, that's pretty simple. You want to join me and sing this song together? All right. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7 Amen. Let's hide those God's words in our hearts. Wow, wow. Is that one on the internet? It is. That one's on the internet. What's it called? Just tell me. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing. Okay, be ang- if you want to look that up on YouTube, that's where you can find it. And you'll see the animation that goes along with it. Thank you so much, Ricky. Can we say amen? amen. Wonderful, wonderful. Committing songs and scriptures to memory is a good way uh, to do that. And um, there are a lot of scriptures. If you're inspired to do so, it would be a good way to teach children and us, even adults how to remember those verses. Before Brian comes to speak tonight, I'm going to give you a little bio of him, a little bit about his background, 
And then his wife is going to sing. And the next voice that you'll hear after that will be Brian Dickens. Brian grew up in a small town in Tell City, Indiana. So if somebody said, would you tell me the name of your city? He would say, yes. Tell City, Indiana, where he spent most of his childhood attending numerous denominations. He went from one denomination to the other in his journey that God was leading him on. Unfortunately, he walked away from the church in his teen years. But through the grace of God, the Lord showed him the way and found the truth. After meeting his wife-to-be in 2017, the Lord began a transformation process that would lead him to the Seventh-day Adventist Church. That's a good place to say amen. amen. Brian is blessed to be a part of the 3ABN ministry as the programming manager. That means if you see it on television, Brian and his staff has programmed it to be there. What an intense job. I stopped in his office one day, and it's like programming language. If you miss one jot... The program may not show up. What a job. This ministry is a newly found passion for Brian since his baptism. Brian is looking for ways to improve the organization with the guidance of the Lord in the programming department. He and his wife, Celestine, baptized together on December 2nd, 2017, and were married on January 1, 2018. It is in their prayers to share God's words together with others. Right now his wife is going to sing Celestine Dickens the song Be Still My Soul and right after she sings the next voice that you'll hear will be that of Brian Dickens. Still, my soul, the Lord is on thy side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Leave to thy God to order and provide in every change. He faithful will remain Be still my soul Thy best, thy heavenly friend Through thorny ways Leads to a joyful end Be still my soul Thy God doth undertake to guide the future us, he has the past. Thy hope, thy confidence, let nothing shake. All now mysterious shall be bright at last. Be still, my soul, the waves and wind. Still know his voice who ruled them while he dwelt below. 
words. Thank you, Celestine. Thank you, Ben. (sighs) Celestine always tells me not to get too emotional, especially when she's singing, but the power in her voice when it comes out, especially in songs like that, you can't help but get emotional. And the way that that song starts, Be still, my soul, the Lord is on thy side. No better words than to start this sermon tonight. I want to start with our scripture reading. We're going to turn to Revelation 14, and we're going to go to verse number 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here 
are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Before we get started tonight, I want to go ahead and have our prayer and ask for the Holy Spirit. Our dear Heavenly Father, tonight our hope is just to be used as a conduit of your word, for you to use me as a messenger. Allow the Holy Spirit into this place and allow your words to be used through me to profess your name and to show Jesus Christ in the words that we say here tonight and in the actions that we do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Many a times when we were growing up as children, and even today, even as adults, we hear many stories and fables. They are used to help teach us many of life's lessons. We can always take something away from such stories. When I, came across, when I came across this story, it attached to my heart to tell it to you today. There was a king who wanted to gain a personal assistant. And this king devised a way to get one. After the announcement was made, many people gathered at the palace to fill this position. The king led the group away to a pond and said, whoever fills this pond's water in this pot will be chosen for the position. But remember, there is a hole in the pot. Some people left without even trying once. Some people only tried once and said, well, the king has probably already chosen somebody else. Let's go. One man, just one man, kept filling the pond water into the pot. He filled the water in the pot from the pond and came out onto the ground. Within a few moments, the water poured out onto the ground immediately. He tried that so many times that he lost count. At last, the pond became empty. But the man found a diamond ring in the empty pond, and he took the ring to the king. The king said, this ring is a reward for your patience and hard work. You are fit for the job. This fable helps show that patience is rewarded. When I looked at the list of topics of things that we needed to discuss for this week, patience is the one that jumped out at me the most. Not because this is a subject that I'm an expert on, far from it. <laughs> it's just one that I needed to study and hear the most myself. Merriam-Webster's online dictionary gives us three definitions of patience. First, 
the ability to wait for a long time without becoming annoyed or upset. Second, the ability to remain calm and not become annoyed when dealing with problems or with difficult people. Third, the ability to give attention to something for a long time without becoming bored or losing interest. Now, knowing these definitions, let us ask ourselves, how many of us have patience? (laughs) How many have heard this question or a statement, you just need a little patience? Well, yes, I think we've all heard that one before. Where do you find patience? Do you find it under your pillow? No, most likely not there either. As in all things, let's explore the Bible for examples of patience. But let us start first with impatience. Sometimes we don't have patience for ourselves. Take Eve in the Garden of Eden. As the serpent was tempting Eve to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, in Genesis 3, verse number 5, For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Eve was not only deceived to believe that she could be like God, but she was also deceived to think that she was not a sufficient being. The being that she was in her current form, that she needed to be so much more as in all things that were created by God, she was already made perfect. Since everything made before sin entered the world was perfect. I mean, think about it. She spent time in the Garden of Eden with God, being taught from the creator of the world himself. But yet, she was impatient and wanted to know more. She thought eating of the fruit would also give her knowledge that she would never gain from the creator or would take too long. The impatience of that. Now, Not everything in life can wait. And sometimes when we are working in our jobs, even for some of us at 3ABN, we grow impatient when we have a task outstanding or nearing a deadline. We get frustrated when we fail to meet our targets. And we take shortcuts to make ends meet, which often falls short of required expectations. This is exactly why we should be patient in our positions that we occupy. This behavior is not something new, and it has happened before a long time ago in the history of Israel as we look at King Saul. Let us look at 1 Samuel 13, verses 8 through 10, where it says, Then he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel, But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, Bring a burnt offering and a peace offering here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering that Samuel came. 
And Saul went out to meet him that he might greet him. Now Saul, in his impatience, disobeyed God and took upon himself the task of offering sacrifices to God without Samuel, which cost him his position as king of Israel. Even though it was disobedience to God that cost Saul his kingdom, it was impatience that caused Saul to disobey. How many of us find ourselves impatient and therefore cause us to disobey God? Let us turn to John chapter 11. Now I'm going to look at Mary and the Jews at Lazarus' tomb. Our other examples, even though it might seem like it's not, it's another example of impatience. In verse 32, it starts out, Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him? And some of them said, Could not this man, who opened the eyes of the blind, also have kept this man from dying? I am certain that we all think that Mary had every right to be impatient since this was her very own brother who went to his rest. But ultimately, they were all impatient to see the work of the Lord. Not knowing that Jesus must perform this miracle after Lazarus was at rest for four days. Otherwise, at that time, it would not never have seemed like a miracle. Because Lazarus, Lazarus could have raised After one day, two days, even three days at that time, it was not unheard of. Many people did it. But on the fourth day, he waited that long to raise him. How many times are we impatient with the Lord? We must be patient to let the Lord complete his perfect work. The thief on the cross, when Jesus was on the cross, Everyone reviled, meaning subjected him to verbal abuse, even the thieves on the cross. Let us turn to Matthew 27 and read verses 38 through 44. Then the two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and another on the left. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, You who destroyed the temple and built it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priest, also mocking with the scribes and elders, said, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he is the King of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing. 
all of these, the priests, the scribes, the elders, and the people of Israel have been waiting for the Messiah to bring an army to destroy the Roman soldiers and to set them free from tyrannical Roman rule. They did not know the real task for the Messiah was to be the spotless, sacrificial lamb to die for our sins and have victory over the grave with his resurrection. I want to read a few stories now about patience. Also from the Bible. Because if you want truth, you must get it from the Bible. Let us talk about the prodigal son's father. Now, I decided to start with this one because of all the parables about patience that Jesus told. This one illustrates how patient God is with us. How frustrating for this young man's father to have his son behave so selfishly as to run off and squander his inheritance. And yet the father waited patiently for his son to return and was so overjoyed when his son did come back to him. Let us look at Luke 15, verses 18 through 20. I will arise and go forth to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. And ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Just like our father has compassion for us when we finally return. And not only did he fall on his neck and kiss him, the reason why he did that was for his protection. He had to run and cover him of his sins because the people of the town that they lived in, most likely when they saw him, would have grabbed stones and stoned him to death for the sins that he did have toward his father. So not only was the father patient, but he was also forgiving and covering of his sins. Now, Abraham, let's talk about Abraham. Not only did Abraham wait 25 years to see God fulfill his promise to give Abraham a son, but he also demonstrated great patience and trust in God at other times in his life as well. Take, for instance, the story of Abraham being tested in Genesis 22. God told Abraham to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. And at one point, Isaac asked, what's happening? And Abraham simply says in verse 8, God himself will provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. And of course, God did provide and rewarded Abraham's patience and trust in him. Let us look at Genesis 22 Verses 13 through 18. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. There behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. 
And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Then what did the angel do? In verse 15. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we are those stars of the heavens. We are those sands of the seashore. Even though Abraham did not get to see everything that came about, he had the patience and he had the faith that God would do all things. Now Joseph is another story about patience in the Bible, and it is definitely a favorite story of patience in the Bible. Here is a young man who was treated so horribly by his own brothers, sold into slavery, ran into problem after problem, and yet he remained faithful and true to the Lord throughout everything. Just look at the stories from Genesis 37 through 45. After so many years, 13 plus years, of patiently enduring troubles, Joseph's patience was rewarded when he became Pharaoh's second in command. Years later, when Joseph was reunited with his brothers, this is what he said in Genesis 45, verses 4 through 8. And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother. Whom you sold into Egypt, but now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to, to preserve life. Mm. For these two years the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh, and lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout the land of Egypt. Not only did Joseph have patience for the Lord, he exercised patience toward his brothers. After everything they did to him, he still had patience. He trusted the Lord and still had patience. Now, King David is another story of patience (laughs) that was for a man that took very many years. Matter of fact, it was about 15 years from the time David was anointed by Samuel in 1 Samuel 16 until David officially became king in 2 Samuel chapter 5. And what patience David had through the whole process. David was constantly harassed by King Saul. 
and spent much of the time on the run, trying to, evolve, trying to avoid Saul's attempts to kill him. But David never forced things. He had the opportunity to kill Saul, but didn't. Instead, he waited for God to judge between them and for everything to happen in God's timing. How many of us have a hard time waiting for God's timing? Let us look at 1 Samuel 24, verses 8 through 13. David also arose afterward, went out of the cave, and called out to Saul, saying, My Lord, the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed down. And David said to Saul, Why do you listen to the words of men who indeed... who?" Who say, indeed, David seeks to harm. Look this day, your eyes have seen that the Lord delivered you today into my hand in the cave. And someone urged me to kill you, but yet my eyes spared you. And I said, I will not stretch out my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father, see... Yes, see the corner of your robe in my hand, for in that I cut off the corner of your robe and did not kill you. Now, and see, there is neither evil nor rebellion in my hand, and I have not sinned against you. Yet you hunt my life to take it. Let the Lord judge between you and me, and let the Lord avenge me on you. But my hand shall not be against you. As the proverb of the ancients says, wickedness proceeds from the wicked, but my hand shall not be against you. At that moment, he had the chance to kill Saul, but he decided not to. He did not want to become one of the wicked. And was his patience rewarded? It was. In 2 Samuel 5 verse 4, David was 30 years old when he began to reign as king, and he reigned for 40 years. And lastly, let us look at Christ as an example of how we should exhibit patience. Now, earlier I was talking about the thieves on the cross were reviling Jesus. But the thief on the cross was converted in the presence of Jesus. He confessed his sins and repented for them. As he recognized who Jesus was and asked to be remembered in the kingdom with Jesus. Let us look at Luke 23 verses 39 through 43. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due rewards of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Remember this, 
same thief on the cross reviled Jesus with the same thing as the scribes and elders and the priest. And yet Jesus assured the thief on the cross was not only going to be remembered in the kingdom, but that the thief on the cross will be with Jesus in paradise. Who else is looking for that assurance today? Amen. When dealing with difficult situations, we need help. And that's why Christ is there. For you've heard the question, what would Jesus do? And that is true. It is something we all must do. Ask first, then react. Since God is the most patient, the most knowledgeable on how to deal with a situation, and the one that will get us through all and any situations. Our intimate relationship with Jesus is a very important aspect of our life. The answer to the question from earlier, how do we get patience, lays in one main thing, our intimate relationship with Jesus. From the devotional book, Our Utmost for His Highest, from Oswald Chambers for January 7th, states, when once we get intimate with Jesus, we are never lonely. We never need sympathy. We can pour out all the time without being pathetic. The saints who is intimate with Jesus will never leave impressions of himself, but only the impressions that Jesus is having unhindered way because the last abyss of his nature has been satisfied by Jesus. The only impression left by such a life is that of the strong, calm sanity that our Lord gives to those who are intimate with him. Patience is a part of that strong, calm sanity. Later in my life, after coming back to the church, after Celestine and I were baptized in 2017 and married in 2018, in 2018, I was speaking with my Uncle George. Now, this was my grandmother's brother, Uncle George. So I guess that makes him like a great-uncle, grand-uncle, something like that, or a great-grand-uncle. <laughs> he was great, I will say that. Um, Uncle George was in hospice care at the time and only given a short while to live because of cancer. I felt the need to pray for him. And we did. We prayed. After the prayer was over, I remembered what he said to me, that my grandmother would have been so proud and happy to hear the way that I was talking the things that I was saying, and the faith that I was displaying. Apparently, my grandmother was praying for me my whole life. And she had the patience that God would do all things. We all must have that patience. We all must trust in the Lord because he does know and performs all things. When you have a loved one, 
that does not want to hear or live by the gospel. We tend to be a little impatient and do everything in our power to make other people see what Jesus can do. In doing so, we overshadow the character of Christ, and we ourselves get in the way of Christ. As patience must be exercised through us, as Christ had patience. And only then can we endure this trial. And the devil will use us against our loved ones and overshadow Christ. And in all of us, he will try to do that. Remember, we can, all, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen. So why should we have patience? In Matthew 7, verses 18 through 19, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. We are a part of the vine when we bear good fruit. We should always try to lead a person through healing. When Paul wrote a letter to the Thessalonians, he gave task for them while asking them to exercise patience. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 14, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. Now these... When you are patient with all, there is a way to rebuke those who are unruly. There is a way to be with the ones who are faint-hearted and uphold the weak, the, the ones that are weak in spirit. We have to be there for them, but we must be patient with them also. Now, I put together four small steps to help strengthen your patience. First one is appreciate how patient God is with you. Prayerfully meditate on how, we, how he never gives up on you, how many times he's rescued you from sin and many other things. It'll make it that much easier to wait patiently for his timing and also be patient with other people. Second one is reflect how God has been faithful in the Bible. Just like King David said in Psalms 59, verses 9 through 10, I will wait for you, O you, his strength, for God is my defense. My God of mercy shall come to meet me. God shall let me see my desire on my enemies. And the third one is trust God for the present and the future. Even if it seems like things aren't happening, progress is stalled, or you're just stuck, have faith. He's got a plan, and he's already working on it. You might not see it yet, but you will. And as the, and our fourth one, as the old song goes, and we probably sung it many times as we were a kid, count your blessings and number them one by one. No matter what situation is trying your patience, or what season of life you are in, there are always provisions to be thankful for. As you're waiting 
celebrate and praise God for what he's already given you right now. Stand firm in your faith and know that the Lord will do all things in his time. As Psalm 46.10 states, Be still and know that I am God. Are we doing the right thing, being patient? Yes, we are. Christ showed his patience. He shows his patience through all things. Lately, or in the last few months, Celestine and I have been house hunting. And I know many people have been probably watching some of our antics <laughs> on Facebook and YouTube, watching us go from house to house saying, well, we love this and we love that. But nothing ever seemed to be right. And then finally, we found a house and we were going to buy that house. We applied for a loan at the bank. We were all set. We were getting ready to move. And then the bank said, uh-uh, you can't. We can't afford that. So we were like, okay. So the Lord told us that we didn't need to move. And I think we are even happier for that today, that we don't have to move. Regardless, we still have to renovate the house. And that's still going to take time and a little bit of patience too. But that'll get done. (laughs) So... The answer on if we are doing the right thing being patient is that, yes, patience is perfect work. And it makes us perfect and complete, lacking nothing. In James 1, verse 4, But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So as we look at Scripture... How does Jesus cement a spirit of patience in all things? In Mark 12, verses 30 through 31, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Now realize this and take this in. In your heart and in your mind, Jesus was summarizing to the people of Israel, the very Ten Commandments that they all memorized since birth. The love for God, the first four commandments, and the love for others, the last six commandments. The vertical and the horizontal love that encompasses our whole being. Ultimately, our patience can be found in the commandments of God. Of course, we find that in our scripture reading and our last Bible verse tonight.
In Revelation 14, verse 12, here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, we must be commandment-keeping Christians and keep our faith that Jesus will do all things. Now I'm going to let Ben Lingle play our final song titled Wait on You and listen to the lyrics on how good and easier it is to wait on the Lord once we have tasted the goodness of our Lord. something bigger than me Cause I've seen it in a hospital room when the doctor said sorry There's nothing more we can do Well it wasn't through I've never seen a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow But I've got a promise I can hold in the middle of the struggle God if you said it you'll perform it may not be how I want you to but here's what I'll do I'm gonna wait on you I'm gonna wait on you I've tasted your goodness And I trust in your promise And I'm gonna wait on you I'm gonna wait on you, yeah I've tasted your goodness And I trust in your promise And I'm gonna wait on you step yeah you are the author but there's no predicting what is next but you hold the future and all the questions they come second to the one I know is true yeah you've always been true so I'm gonna wait on you I'm gonna wait on you, yeah I've tasted your goodness And I trust in your promise And I'm gonna wait on you Yeah, I'm gonna wait on you I've tasted your goodness And I trust in your promise And I'm gonna wait on you
Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. He will renew your strength. So wait, I say. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. He will renew your strength. So wait, I say. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. He will renew your strength. So wait, I say. I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to wait on you. I've tasted your goodness. And I trust in your promise. And I'm going to wait on you. Yeah, I'm going to wait on you. Yeah. I've tasted your goodness. And I'll trust in your promise. And I'm going to wait on you. Praise the Lord. Beautiful song. Beautiful words. But words of wisdom too. That mean we must wait on the Lord. We must be patient. And my appeal to you, for any and all of us, is that if you want to give your whole heart to Christ so He can work His patience, And his perfect work through each of us is to stand. To give your heart to him. To work every inch of your soul. Every inch of our being. To connect us all to the vine. The vine which is Christ. So if you want to allow Christ to have that perfect work through each and every one of us. Will you stand with me tonight? And let us bow our heads as we pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we praise you for your perfect work, for the patience that you have for us to fall on our neck and to protect us and to cover us of our sins. But Lord, even for our loved ones, we must show the patience for each one of them as you have shown patience to each one of us. And Lord, allow us to be that light that will help the lost to come back to you, Lord. And use each and every one of us as you see fit. Let us be your humble servants to patiently wait on the people that are in need. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you all. And I also want to thank the audio and visual team. I want to thank Michael Babb 
Jonathan Bad, and Josh Oswald. I want to thank each and every one of them for their help tonight in being able to produce this. And thank you all for coming and for you watching at home. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Can we say amen? We learn more about each other every day. And as I was listening, I, I was mindful that your grandmother, Brian, was praying for the Lord to get into your life. And she's been waiting patiently. And now that he's in, he's going to do great things. Can we say amen again for that? You know, I read a saying that goes this way. Patience is not just the ability to wait. But while you wait, to wait with the right spirit. That's what patience is. Not just the ability to wait. But while you wait, to wait with the right spirit. Thank you. The Lord's been waiting. And thank you, Brian. And as I mentioned last night, Brian is uh, taking courses. He feels that the Lord has put a call on his life to be involved in ministry, possibly one day to be a pastor. And uh, God has been waiting. And you didn't know this, but Brian used to be in casinos. His life used to be a gamble. But no longer his life is a part of God's plan. No longer a gamble. Amen, somebody. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. This is the second of five sermons. Tomorrow night is another sermon about long-suffering. What have you been waiting for? Patience now leading to long-suffering. And our speaker is going to talk more about long-suffering and how that applies to our Christian walk and what can it do for us while the Lord is carrying us through those moments that seem to be silent. What is God doing? Well, Tomorrow night, invite someone else to join us, 6.30 Central Time here at the Thompsonville Seventh-day Adventist Church. May the Lord bless you as you continue trusting him, and may you always stay connected to the vine. Let's stand for closing prayer. Our gracious Father, we thank you for the blessing of the message tonight, to learn in, in all these scriptural examples not to rush, not to be anxious, not to be overly trying to figure out and work our lives out our own ways with our own plans. And we've seen through the many examples, through the sermon tonight, how it is blessed to wait. Wait on the Lord, and he will renew our strength. And so, Father, thank you for the seeds planted in our lives about this message. Meekness last night, patience tonight. And as we build on these examples, may we learn what it means to stay connected to the vine. Take us home safely, and may we convene again tomorrow night to learn how we can exemplify and display the fruit of the Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.